Today, I want to talk to us about earthly passports in heavenly citizenship. Earthly passports and heavenly citizenship. I don't know if you've given much thought, and we probably don't because, you know, we're naturalists. And we know very little about citizenship, the function of it. We just enjoy the blessing of it. And yet the Bible is, talks about the citizenship. And uh, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I'd like to just, uh, you know, uh, talk about how that we're citizens of heaven and temporary residents of, of earth. So if we got some scriptures there this morning that we will read, and now therefore, how many know that when you see the therefore, you should look and see why it's therefore? <laughs> Hello, he says. Let me have your attention. You are no longer strangers and foreigners. You know, I don't know what it's like to feel like an outsider. But some of them weren't feeling like outsiders. They didn't feel like they belonged. They may be in the midst, but yet there were some personal, at least internal reservations, which oftentimes that internal reservations, you know what I mean, would express itself, you know, in the external. But fellow citizens, with the saints and the members of the household of God. When you go to the book of Hebrews, you discover that when he begins to talk about the saints and the household of God, he's not talking just purely about those that are living. He's talking about from the beginning of it, even till now. Not only in the realm of many, but also in the realm of who? You shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because they're part of the household. You are part of the inner circle. You catching it? You're not an outer circle. You're an inner circle. Like never before. Because you got relationship. He has delivered us. This is the before now, your citizenship. 
He has delivered us from the powers of darkness or the kingdom of darkness, some translations go, and has conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. It's interesting to stop there just for a moment and see the journey. I don't know little I know little about very little about being a citizen someplace else and becoming a citizen here. Trudy knows. My daughter-in-law is getting acquainted with it. (laughs) Now, they didn't leave a kingdom of darkness to come to America for citizenship here, but every one of us, when we become citizens of heaven, left a kingdom. And whether or not you want to call that our citizenship, we exactly, we were in reality of the power and the influence of it. Or that word darkness actually has also a meaning of ignorance. See, Satan does not rule in ignorance. He rules by ignorance. It's called blindness in some passages of scriptures. How many know that he's very wise? But he doesn't pass his wisdom on to you. He keeps you in the the dark. That's why it's called the kingdom of darkness. He keeps you in the dark. And when you're kept in the dark, the purpose of that is to keep you away from light. All right, next verse. For our citizenship is in Heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about his coming last week. Jesus answered and said to him, that is Nicodemus, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I don't think we need to go through that. Unless there's someone here that hasn't been born again, you can see us after service. All right. You know what I mean? And we'll get you there. There's not only a kingdom to be, a citizenship to, 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 to be received, that citizenship also has a kingdom that can be, is to be seen. Unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We good? All right. 
He tells us that we need a birth certificate. In the natural realm, there needs to be some kind of transfer. You're moving from one rule, from one state, from one nation to another. So a citizen has his name on record in the country of origin of his or her birth. Jesus said, rejoice that I've recorded your birth certificate. That your names are written in heaven. Revelation says that this is so important that anyone that was not found in with a birth certificate ended up where the darkness is. Thank God for birth certificate. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. The thing about citizenship is that this heavenly citizenship is that you do not see heavenly citizenship. You experience heavenly citizenship. Everyone that is born from above, it's like the wind that blows. You can't really see it when it comes and when it goes, but the evidence of it, you know, during and after should be apparent. So a citizenship is a position or status of a particular country, a person that's recognized under law as being a legal member of a sovereign state or belonging to a nation. Isn't it interesting that Peter said you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Yes. It's your homeland. When we're talking about citizenship, we're talking about our homeland. You see, in your heavenly, citizen, heavenly citizenship, your, fate, your feet may be standing on earthly soil, but your heart is to be in the heaven homeland. Titus said, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. I believe that the Apostle Paul is, is, you know, trying to encourage us not to lose our deep love for the homeland. Our deep love for our homeland, our loyalty to our land of birth. Within that citizenship, there's rights and there's protection. 
The word tells us and shows us that no matter the circumstances, conditions, or challenges that are on earth, there is divine protection. There is a citizenship character and conduct. Now, along with the citizenship comes what the Bible talks about as adoption. So that adoption is that we become part of the royal family. Oh my. Paul writes about it in Romans chapter 8 that we might receive the adoptions as sons. And not just any son, but the royal family, the king. It says that he might have many sons. Fact is, when he spoke to Abraham and in drawing him away from his old country to the new country that he was preparing for him, he said that they might be as the sand of the sea and as the stars of heaven. It's no small family, church. It's actually quite big. Citizenship. Yes. You legally belong. You have a birth certificate. You have rights and responsibilities. A mission. Here is how we get acquainted with the homeland. the homeland of our life and our citizenship. It tells us how to live in the foreign land. See, you're foreigners here, but you're not foreigner to heaven. You feel like an outsider here, but you're not an outsider when it comes to heaven. There's a royal status. That royal status is because we've been changed by grace on the inside and we're now to display Christ on the outside. Called to a heavenly enterprise. Follow me. When Paul writes this letter to the Philippians, Philippi was a Roman colony, a city in Greece that was placed there by the Romans. 
And they wouldn't just do it there, but they would, across the land, when they were in authority, they would place, you know, a colony that had Roman everything. Its citizens were dedicated to Rome. Its citizens were dedicated to the laws of Rome. Its citizens, you know what I mean, were under protection of the power of Rome. Its citizens were, you know, uh, to be uh, uh, propagating the doctrine of Rome. And so Paul uses this backdrop of a colony like that to begin to tell them as Christians, you're a colony. Now this colony in Philippi was founded by the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16. You remember Lydia? She was part of the church that got established in Philippi, a colony of heaven. Yes. As a colony of heaven were to be devoted to our homeland, promoting, preserving, and practicing not Rome, the homeland its laws, its language, its values, and its custom. To see the value of this colony, or wherever that God has put a colony, That's to emulate the homeland. Not only living for, but living by. Not only living in, but living under. Churches are the colony of the homeland. Yes. Church. You, I, in our gathering together, in our unity together, in our purpose together. We're on assignment from a homeland.
that's why we're here. Not just to get us to the homeland, but to represent our homeland. I pray that you don't take them out of the world, but that you help them emulate the homeland. A colony. An outpost. Our pioneering fathers would have understood outposts. We don't understand. Maybe our outpost is Walmart and whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean? Anyway, I mean, basically, you know what I mean? It, it's, it, it's where you could get goods, you know what I mean? And, and find some, you know, overnight rest and, you know, on a journey. But the church within this citizenship is that it is an outpost of the heavenly Jerusalem. According to Hebrews chapter 12, while even though we remain in the middle of the earthly assembly, there is a heavenly purpose. You have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the general assembly of the firstborn of those who are citizens registered in heaven. The church is a beachhead. It's a place where the values of our homeland are passed on to the young, as you saw those kids go, and as we are preparing for Christmas, and each Sunday we take them, and on Wednesday nights we take them, we are doing the homeland a service, or servicing, excuse me, the homeland, the young, and others that we invite to join the community of Christ. It should not surprise us that we, it has its own distinctive language and its lifestyle. <coughs> yes, it does. Hallelujah. of the homeland because we come from a different land there has to be re-education you learn about your homeland You learn, you know what I mean, 
its ways, its culture, and even discover, even discover new definitions. That beachhead. Oh, hallelujah. Don't feel like an alien. Don't feel like a foreigner. You and I have a passport to be here. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. A passport to be here. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the ruler of all of the universe is issued you a passport to be here. To be his ambassador, to be his representative. Yes, church, this is a house of representatives. A house of representatives. A house of representatives that's to emulate and show the beauty and the values of our homeland. A homeland that, whose flag is not stars and stripes, but it's the cross of Jesus Christ. And with the arch of the love of God blazing from its membership. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one to another. Well, we're supposed to love our enemies. Sometimes that's easier than loving our brother. But our flag, you know, becomes much more attractive, Jesus said. And we have love. Not begrudging each other. And you could go into the design of love that, that Christ himself, you know, has portrayed for us. But we know that. We are ambassadors. We are representatives. We are a kingdom who is to have the rule of God and the realm of God. 
We are to live in God's rule and we are to bring God's presence. And that, of course, is relationship. The prophet said this, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And he goes on to say, you know what I mean? How that light is to penetrate into the Gentile world, into the worlds of darkness. God is fortifying you and fortifying the church. You know what I mean? Why? Because they want to go ahead and push you into the corner. I don't want you influencing. If I might, I just went through a thing and, you know, they had years of, of you know, spreading the gospel into the darkest corridors of souls men, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? That kingdom of darkness begins to push back. Because the disciples stood there that day, you know what I mean? And the world of leaders of the world of darkness were telling them, listen, guys, you can't do this anymore. He said, well, guess what? I'm here by a higher authority. You may land me in prison. Now, that's probably not going to happen to this generation that's sitting here, at least Joan and I. But <laughs> you know, but it doesn't make any difference. We ought to obey God rather than man because we re represent a heavenly homeland. citizen we are not only in our citizenship to display the rule of God and you know emulate and, 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 and cause the, the realm or the presence of God but we also are supposed to be tour guides we're not just called to lead people to the gates of the kingdom. We are to continue to act as tour guides as we explore the kingdom together. Oh, hallelujah. I have many things to tell you, Jesus said. There are still some kingdom things that you and I are not acquainted with, you know. And one of those things I think that he's trying to help us see is that we're citizens. I say, God bless America. But how about God bless God? <laughs> Thank you.
tour guides. A colony. To showcase the kingdom of God. Yes. To foreshadow what's to come. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in, in heaven. That word come means to move toward, to advance, to accomplish. A kingdom that is a kingdom about the future. A kingdom that is about hope. A kingdom that's about faith and love. A kingdom of heaven. A citizen. God has chosen you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Oh, I don't think that's just for the twelve. Each one of us have been handpicked by God. I've chosen you and I've appointed you and I've anointed you to go ahead and bear fruit, to be fruitful, to be productive. And that the end of your day there is evidence of your life when he says that your fruit might remain. That's why we can go through life, face the obstacles of life, the inconsistencies of life, and ride the high waves and not be overwhelmed by the low waves. Because he's chosen us. He's chosen us. There's something about this citizenship that necessitates activity. Necessitates activity. We sing about our citizenship. We rejoice in our citizenship. But along with the citizenship comes some activity. Let's look at it just for a moment. In the New Testament, the description is 
always an engagement. First of all, what are branches? Branches bear fruit. What do laborers do? Work. What do soldiers do? Fight. What do ambassadors do? Negotiate and represent. What do witnesses do? They testify. Yes. Our citizenship is about the homeland. Our citizenship is about being active. Our citizenship is not about standing alone. It's about standing together. It's no coincidence that one can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand. Our citizenship is a family, a royal status. The colony, the beachhead, future depends on workers. Yes, think about it. Jesus, when the revival broke out in Samaria, from his testimony to the Samaritan woman. He said the harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Workers. As a pastor, I want to say something. The church must take care of the church. It must take care of the church. The colony needs to have health, vitalization, and be remained and retained. It has everything to do with the homeland being represented. I don't know about you, I don't like to see churches close. I think a little bit of God is more than is better than no of God. I don't like to see churches weakened. Become weakened because they don't have enough workers. Thank you for being such good workers. 
The future. The future depends upon us taking care one of one another and two of the work that together we are called to do. Some are called to go out and some are called just to go home and just tell the wonderful works that God has done. Take care of the church. One of the great things that Paul wrote to Timothy and said that, you know, this church is is here for among so many, and that is to prevent truth decay. He said as he wrote he said that there that you might know how to behave yourself in the house of God how many think that our image is important for it is the pillar and the ground of truth That's why we will not stop prayer. That's why we will not stop, you know, and divert to anything but the word of God. That's why we will endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. Where does unity start? I'm not sure I got all this down, but at home unity at your home helps unity at this home and unity at this home will help the unity at the other homes unity It's not a small thing. Now, I don't feel any disunity here, okay? So I'm not trying to, you know, correct something. But the power of it, the power of it, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I don't think that's just a slap on the back, you know what I mean, and high and praise God, and I'm glad I'm passing you by. <laughs> Unity, someone who says, is two men in a boat. I think it's being able to row together. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Amen. I think it's somebody, two people in a boat, one's, each one's got a row, oar, and they are rowing in harmony and unity. They are not going in a circle. You know, they are not fighting one another. They're walking in harmony. They're walking in unity, and they're having a input to make sure that it's a forward motion. 
prevent truth decay. Well, they don't believe like I do. I don't know that we all believe like Jesus does yet. I'll ask my musicians to come because it's late. When we were born again, we were born into an assignment. Well, first of all, we're born into relationship. And then out of that relation, we're born into an assignment. We have a family name. We have a family purpose. We have a legacy. When Paul, when the Hebrews writes about, you know, where we're at in this, this thing about the saints, you know, yesterday, et cetera, you know what I mean? He's trying to show us our legacy. <coughs> what does he say? For my name's sake. For my name's sake. Do it for my name's sake. It's more than just using the name of Jesus. It's about it's about the reputation that we carry and project from the name and with the name of Jesus. No job, no role is insignificant. It's not. Now, your role in your job may not be visible, but that does not make it any less important. That's how I feel. I believe it's biblical, but that's how I feel. The little or much that you can do, it's important. It's valuable. History, while you're here, in the colony, an outpost of God, it may not record your name in some kind of neon lights. But did you know that without those no names, history would not be the same without them. Hebrews chapter 11 
takes the names and then he finishes up with the no names. You know what he says about them? The earth wasn't worthy of them. <laughs> they didn't get any earthly recognition. There was, there, was no, there was no platform, you know what I mean, that by which, you know what I mean, that, that no public affair, but there wasn't even worthy of them. Oh, hallelujah. There are no nobodies in the kingdom and in the work of God. There isn't. Hallelujah. The kingdom requires growth. Everybody's, anybody say amen? It requires growth. Well, guess what? Growth is expensive. Growth is expensive. Well, I won't go too far on that one. <laughs> Thank you for your faithful giving. Seriously. Now let me close with this. The generation that this colony has been placed in. It's a generation We find it here. It's a generation that's connected, yet socially isolated. It's not relationships, God. It's a generation that's obsessed with fame and being followed. I don't happen to have face whatever it is. But boy, oh boy. It's a generation that's sexually broken. There's no rules. Gender is a personal choice. Dysfunctional relationships. They're confused. They lack pillars in their life. Number one of their origin of morality and destiny. Look on the fields, Jesus said. They're white on the harvest. It's a generation that's consumers trying to satisfy spiritual longings in material ways. When Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. 
He was not moved with disgust. I don't know if you can read that right. He was moved with compassion. Yes. I have placed you as a colony of heaven in the midst of Rome. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Obviously, I'm not saying that this is the only one. God's got outposts all over. I said I'd close, didn't I? I want you to understand seeker sensitive this morning. Seeker sensitive doesn't mean you have to compromise. It should mean that you take into consideration people and the culture in order to communicate. Yes, in order to communicate. To be seeker sensitive doesn't limit what you say but it will affect how you say it. It'll affect how you say it. The church must not be accusers. They brought the woman with adultery before them and pointed out her sins and accused her. Jesus pointed out the possibility of being set free. Hallelujah. Already under the weight of her own guilt. Already under the weight Lost in darkness. Brought us from darkness in to light. That's not an approval of sin. It's about deliverance from sin. Hallelujah. Amen. I am just so trying to grasp this thing that Jesus or God the Father laid on him the sin of us all. I wonder if we couldn't carry a few people with their sins for a while. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't go wrong helping people. You can't go wrong loving people. You can't go wrong doing good. 
because that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, I'm not saying there's never a crossroad that you come to that you deal with, you know, the real issues. But first of all, you have to love them. You have to love them. And then you got to get involved. Because God so loved the world that he got involved. Yeah. Amen. He got involved. And boy, did he get involved. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, church. We don't want to have just a clean church. We want to have a cleansing church. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. He come to clean us up. We're a colony. You're a colony. You're an outpost. We're an outpost for the heavenly homeland. Amen. Father, we thank you today and I bless you. And I thank you for this people, God. I thank you for their stability, Lord Jesus. But as you enlarge our hearts, God, as you open up our vision, Lord Jesus, as you expand our arms, oh God, to be wider, oh God, and more gentle. Heavenly Father, we receive this morning a commission from the homeland. Oh yes, God, today, hallelujah, that this is your outpost and we will work to keep it healthy and doing the mission of the homeland. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give God the glory. Give the Lord a praise, love one another. Amen.